So identifying and getting super clear on your time frame, your outcome, the, the thing that you want as a result of the work you're going to put in, that answers so many questions for you. Now, by definition, it's going to eliminate markets and, and like zero you in on the markets that make the most sense. And then when opportunities to buy deals come up, then you know you you have the answer to the whether I should buy this deal because does it get me closer to that clear outcome that right. I that I established early on? Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host as always, Yona Weiss. And with me today, I have another incredible guest. Guys, I know we have awesome guests all the time, but today's guest is someone I think you are going to walk away from this episode with just inspired. Uh, We have Kirby Atwell from Living Off Rentals here with us today. Excited to have you today, Kirby. How are you doing? Good, good. It's great to be here. I uh, appreciate you coming on my podcast and I'm hoping to share uh, as much knowledge as as you shared on mine. It's, uh, you know, I I really hope, uh, hope we can get into that. There's so much, so much to learn from you. I mean, you spend a lot of your time educating people about Living off rentals. I mean, that's a great title because that's that's what you're doing, right? <laughs> but teaching people how to get into the rental space. I mean, specifically, uh, more recently into the single family short term rental space, which is something that is become a very hot topic. So I'm really excited to learn all about that and what got you started in that, and really what got you started in real estate in general in the military for some time. So thank you for your service, and I appreciate all that you've done, but tell us, you know, what that transition was like from, uh, from the military into, I guess, where you're, uh, where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm originally from this, the South suburbs of Chicago. And, uh, I knew when I graduated high school that I wanted to serve in the military. And I also knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur at some point. Um, I just always kind of had that entrepreneurial drive. So, so I went to West Point and then, uh, graduated in 05 served six years as an officer. And while I was in the army, I picked up the book, like so many other people do to get started, the gateway drug into real estate. I picked up uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, that was kind of the turning point for some reason. I don't know what the what that is that that gets the the wheels turning so much. But at that point, I was like, I'm going to do this the rest of my life, uh, real estate investing. So I bought a few properties while I was in the military, knowing that that's what I was going to do when I got out. So Mm -hmm. I was educating myself as much as possible and then did not really understand what I didn't know uh, getting out and jumped into it full time right out of the army. And it was a huge transition. I mean, not only was I leaving behind an identity, you know, I went from Captain Atwell in the army in charge of, you know, hundred guys overseas to basically Joe Schmo back home, living in my parents' basement, getting my, you know, uh, graduate degree and trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. And so I started a real estate company with a couple of friends and we started flipping houses and, you know, it seemed like that was the way to go to make money. It seemed like that, you know, if you watch all the HGTV shows, that's how everyone's making a whole bunch of money. Right. And so, uh, so we did that, we started scaling it. And what I realized is that I basically was kind of on a treadmill. You know, we, we, we were making money, but at the end of the day, after all the, you know, struggle that you go through to get a house rehabbed and sold, 
then you still have all these bills to pay from overhead and all that and people you're paying to man your phones and all the marketing and and then a big tax bill too at the end of it. So right. I realized after five years of flipping that rentals were actually going to be the thing that got me to my ultimate goal, which was financial freedom. You know, mm-hmm. that was why I got into real estate in the first place. Right. So, so yeah, so that was kind of the the turning points for me throughout the journey. And I can get into detail, more detail on any of that. Yeah. I mean, I found that with a lot of people, especially when it comes to house flipping, yes, it is real estate. And yes, you're involved and you're learning a tremendous amount, but in the end of the day, you're, you're trading your time for money and it's harder to scale. And on top of that, I mean, something that I've seen a lot of people leave that space because of is the fact that you really don't have the major tax advantages that come along with real estate investing if you're just on the flipping side of the business. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. So at what point, I mean, obviously there was some, some trial you did, you know, dozens of dozens of these uh, flips, fix and flips. And at what point did you stumble upon the idea of short-term rentals? I mean, was that like something that came about immediately or was it something that it was just a more recent revelation? Well, you know, I think the the thing that that shifted for me when I went from, I sort of had a realization in 2016 around what we were doing with flipping and how that wasn't getting me closer to my goal. And what I realized that the turning point of the mindset shift was, what do I want my life to look like as a result of my business? Prior to that point, we were kind of, kind of chasing what we thought success looked like. And we were chasing all these vanity metrics. We had the sexy before and after pictures, you know, our social media was on point and people were telling us how successful we were. But then when you look financially speaking, our bank accounts weren't really growing too much. And so then I decided, okay, I don't care about how it looks or, you know, the, the all the other vanity metrics that come with it. I'm after financial freedom. I'm after autonomy over my time. And that comes from, you know, having enough income to pay your expenses. So, uh, so when I made that shift, then I started looking at options for rental properties. Initially I did long-term rentals, but then a couple of years later, we were moving over from Chicago to Indiana and we were buying a property on Lake Michigan and it had this unfinished walkout basement. And we're like, you know, we're, we're rehabbing this property anyway. I keep hearing about Airbnb and all the potential here. Why don't we just turn this into a one-bedroom apartment and see what happens? Worst case scenario is we're probably adding that much equity into the, the house anyway, because it costs us $30,000 to put in this apartment. And we could always long-term rent it. So we did that right before summer. And then just over that first summer, we made over $20,000 of income just on that a tiny one-bedroom apartment. Wow. So. Yeah, that was in 2017. Wow. And so at that point I was like, there is something to this. And if we can scale this, this is going to this is going to look pretty good. That's pretty cool. Okay, that's just a, a light bulb moment right there. Uh, incredible yeah. how it just, you know, almost almost just stumbled upon you. I mean, the fact right. that you had that open space and was trying to fill it with something. It's a very common problem that a lot of real estate investors have in general, especially commercial real estate where you'll have some empty space and trying to, what's the best use of this extra space? So it's something that, you know, having that, I guess, the opportunity to fill that and then create such value from that property is is just incredible. And it makes sense that you would figure out a way to scale that. And to, I guess that leads you to where uh, the living off rentals comes in, right? I mean, at what point were you like, okay, I want to start giving back and and teaching people and, and training people how to do this themselves? 
Yeah. So at that point, yeah, we, we decided let's scale this. I think I approach short-term rentals a little bit different than most other people or a lot of other people in that I wasn't fully, I knew it worked in our property, but I still wasn't convinced that it would work in other properties. So I, I started targeting affordable areas um, to test this out because I wanted the option of converting them back into long-term rentals if you know things fell apart or another COVID or whatever. So I started buying these, these affordable properties and I had another realization then that these same properties that you know would rent for you know a thousand bucks a month or whatever that I was getting super inexpensively were now cash flowing four times or five times or sometimes up to ten times as much as the exact same property as a long term rental. So it's I wasn't doing much different. I mean I furnished the property obviously, but in terms of everything else, it was the same property essentially. Wow. Yeah. So that that was kind of another their realization for me. And so after we did our first separate property from our personal residence, my wife and I sat down and we're like, okay, with this, and this wasn't even our best one. You know, our first one was kind of experimental, definitely not our best cash flower, but we we're still making over a thousand dollars a month of net cash flow after everything. Mm-hmm. And so we said, okay, if we can do this eight times, you know, just from those eight properties, we can, you know, I, I'd be feel very comfortable leaving my, my job. Mm. And, uh, and then that would free up a lot of time for other stuff. And so that was the point then, you know, I, I had been podcasting for a while with living off rentals, but once I left our, my full-time job and had an extra 40 plus hours per week, then I was like, okay, I want to teach this to other people. Cause this is truly life-changing. And so that's when I, I started the program where I walk people through step-by-step how to find, buy and set up their first really high cash flowing vacation rental. And it's unbelievable because you know, you're talking about high cash flowing vacation rentals. I mean, it's really high cash flowing to the point where just with eight properties alone, and that's probably pretty conservative because I'm sure there are uh, properties that can cash flow much, much higher. I've seen it and especially in certain markets, but, you know, even having, you know, two, three, four rentals, maybe enough to, if done right, just be able to retire and and basically spend more time doing that and able to scale much faster. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and and that you're absolutely right. Like then I started to realize, okay, buying these small three bedroom one bath that are the you know perfect long term rental might not be the, the ideal vacation rental. I can still buy in an affordable area, but buy a four or five bedroom property that sleeps ten to twelve people, and now the nightly rate on that is you know three times as much as that smaller one because it's multiple families traveling together, sharing the cost. So it actually turned out to be we you know even better than our projections, uh, and it's it's pretty incredible opportunity that exists in the space right now. Wow. What would be some of your, I don't know, this is something that you do daily, uh, you know, helping to train people, like you said, taking them through step-by-step, but for someone like me where, uh, or someone, you know, like me, because there are plenty of people on this podcast listening who are very similar to me, where maybe really enjoy what you're doing, invest in real estate, maybe on the side, but, you know, would like that opportunity to kind of take the next step into this. What would you say would be like some of the first steps uh, and obviously education, I'm going to, (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to jump the gun there and say that for me is always the first, uh, first step, but, uh, you know, what are some of the first steps you would say someone who wants to get started and something following your path? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. And it's kind of what you just pointed out when, when you're asking that question is you, you identified already that you enjoy your day daily 
job, you know, you enjoy your daily work. And so it's not that you're necessarily looking to, to leave your job. Other people are in other situations where they absolutely despise their boss during this toxic job that they hate. They want to get out as soon as possible. Others have a big tax burden. And so they got to figure out how to write off some of this high income that they're earning. Others want a vacation every year to Disney World, and they just want to have a place next to Disney World that pays for itself. So I think the first step that makes the absolute biggest difference and is going to make your life so much easier going forward is to identify exactly what your outcome is that you're after, you know, because I would say in your situation, don't follow my path, you know, because my path was I wanted financial freedom. I wanted to get to a point where I could leave my W-2 job. You know, I, I was the CFO of an organization previously. And I wanted to leave that. And I, I wanted to get back to doing real estate full time. I wanted my wife not to, to have to work. You know, she stays home with our two and a half, soon to have three kids. So that was my goal. And so I was looking at varying areas and other people who are, you know, planning to stay in their job might look at more appreciating areas. So identifying and getting super clear on your time frame, your outcome, the, the thing that you want as a result of the work you're going to put in, that answers so many questions for you. Now, by definition, it's going to eliminate markets and, and like zero you in on the markets that make the most sense. And then when opportunities to buy deals come up, then you know you you have the answer to the whether I should buy this deal because does it get me closer to that clear outcome that right. I that I established early on? Right. So that makes sense. I mean, obviously everyone's goals are different. Everyone has a different thing they're getting out of want to get out of life, you know, maybe you know, someone doesn't want to retire. Maybe they don't want, you know, the full financial free or they're not, they don't need that necessarily right now or. Right. So yeah, figure out your goals first. That's always the best, best step. Best way to yeah. go. Great answer. Yeah. 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 Go, go ahead. I know you were going to dive a little deeper into, into right. the program and, and about, you know, how, yeah. what you do currently. Yeah. No. Well, I was just going to say, and then once, once you've established those goals, like that, that identifies the market. And then once you've identified the market, then I, you know, the, the strategy that I use to find deals is I look at every property available in that market and I start reaching out directly to the listing agents. That makes so much difference because number one, they, they get to represent you and the, the seller. So they're getting double the commission. And I know state by state, there's different rules on this, but most of the time they can be a dual representative. And so they're very motivated to work with you as opposed to somebody else who has a buyer's agent. And then you're also building that team then because listing agents are a small minority of other agent, of all the agents out there. Right. Not everybody's a listing agent. So if you establish a relationship, these are people who are in front of sellers all the time and they're going to call you and know what you're after. They're going to call you when a property that's in your buy box comes up. And so you've got this like team now looking for, for deals for you. And it really doesn't cost you anything. That's great advice. Uh, very good advice. I think for anyone out there thinking of moving in this direction, that's, these are, these are golden tips. And I highly recommend you check out more of what, uh, what Kirby's putting out there. Are you, in, you know, having gone full-time into this. Obviously, you've invested a tremendous amount into building the content and building the, the coaching program and everything like that. Are you also you know, diversifying into other types of asset classes? Are you, you, know, are you still buying rentals currently? Or is it you, know, you kind of have what you have, it's cash flowing, it's doing great, and uh, you just keep going? Good question. Yeah, absolutely. So we are extremely focused on this particular strategy right now. So you know, I started with flips, 
then I got into rentals and I was kind of like, when I, when I transitioned into rentals, I was focused initially on single family. Then I kind of started looking at other markets and multifamily and lots of different strategies and kind of like, that's how I stumbled upon vacation rentals. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but then I think that's where people kind of end up in this, like no man's land of doing all these different types of deals. And instead what, what, I decided to do, and and my wife and I are always, you know, uh, in communication on this stuff. But once we realized the potential of vacation rentals, then we decided let's go deep on this and let's block out every other type of deal out there. So people send me potential deals all the time, and I don't even analyze them because what I realize is when you're open to everything, now you're spending so much time tra- chasing down all these rabbits yep. that you're not an expert in. You know, somebody else is going to beat you out on that deal. That who is the expert? So become the expert in one thing, and so that is what I spend all my time on. Uh, it's what I talk about on the podcast. It's what I teach. So, and I also believe that uh, a great strategy is to build up a a core area or a core base of cash flow in the same area, because we've been able to adopt really great economies of scale. So we have sixteen vacation rentals right now. And they're all in the same area. Um, so we have the same cleaners cleaning them. Uh, we have the same handyman who can, you know, go between properties within a couple minutes. We know the rules of the town. We know the permitting process. So I think you you can expand much quicker that way. And really, it, it's it, it's a lot easier to grow that way. Now, obviously, all your eggs are in one basket. So eventually, we will diversify. But I think diversifying too soon is. Uh, I think it it just waters down your success. hundred percent being focused. You know, everyone knows the jack of all trades, right? Is a master of none. It's, it's something that I've seen myself. And part of the reason why I've been so hesitant in really spending a lot more time in, in the investing space, because, you know, I am really focused uh, on what I do. However, you know there there is so many options even out there. Uh, building a team, becoming specialized in, in something else, it, it can be done, and you've shown how you can do it even even while working another full time job. So it's something that we can all learn from. I think when we're we're tasked with trying to figure out our goals, and that's something I want to just touch on a little more. Something you talked about, you know, do you have any sort of like guidelines to how to do that? Because you know, maybe people out there. I mean, I've gone through many, many, uh, you know, self-help books and all these type of things where you have uh, Stephen Covey, the seven habits and all these things where we actually are tasked to, to sit down and try to figure out what are your goals, right? Start, begin with the end in mind, try to figure out where do you see yourself, you know, in 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, what do you want people to be saying at your funeral about you, et cetera. That's more about the characters. But when you're talking about like figuring out what your financial goals are, do you have any sort of like system to get there or any sort of like checklist or things, how to to help people figure that out first. Yeah, absolutely. So every year at the beginning of the year, I I do a webinar where I walk through my goal setting process and, and things that I've learned over the years, I've had a lot of coaches over the years. And just to kind of summarize the process that I go through that I think has really been a game changer for us is number one is, is what I just talked about, figuring out what your life you want your life to look like. That's, that's kind of paramount. Like that's what everything else is based on. If you don't have that vision and, and it's hard, like it's hard to sit down and say, this is exactly what my life is going to look like. Cause you feel like you're tied to that then. And that, you know, you can't change it, but it will evolve over the years and recognize that that's okay. But as of right now, 
if you're going to paint a picture of what your, your day will look like five years or 10 years down the road, what will that be? Where are you going to be living? Like, what do you, like all the details, which seem, you know, it's, it seems like uh, touchy feely to do that, but that is super, super important. So based on that, then, then you can figure out uh, one of the coaches I worked with talked about these be, do, and have type goals. So then a lot of people, what they focus on is the have, you know, I want a million dollars, which is great. You have a million dollars, but they don't think about what do I need to be in order to have that outcome? And what do I need to do in order to have that outcome? There's, there's focus on having that, which is great. You've got a, a goal of what you want to have, but you got to figure out what are the steps then? What do I need to do? So if I'm someone who wants a million dollars or let me just use an example of like, I want to be a good father, you know, cause that's, that's one of mine is I want to be a good father. But then the do aspect is, you know, you're, you're working 80 hours a week and then you're going to the bar and getting drunk after, after uh, work every day. And you're spending no time with your kids that you're, you're kind of out of alignment there. Yeah. So you've really got to align the have goals, which align with a vision of where you want to be five years down the road then the things that you're going to do in order to have those. And then who do you need to be, you know, to, you you know, if you say, I want to have a portfolio of real estate, but you don't identify as a real estate investor, you're like, I'm a, you know, I'm an accountant and I, I, I don't know how to invest in real estate or, and that's not my identity. You're you're probably never going to get there. So take on the identity of somebody who is a real estate investor, do the activity of someone who does real estate investing and all of a sudden you'll start to realize that these have goals are going to come to fruition. And so I think that's really my process in a nutshell. There's a lot more detail that goes into it, but that's that's an overview. That's great. Oh, I love that. I, I don't think I've ever heard that broken down like that, uh, the do, haves, and bees. Because you're absolutely right. People are not focused on, on becoming a better person necessarily if they're solely focused on just gathering things, right? Or, or getting things. And that really does change your perspective, change your paradigm, so to speak, because it opens us up to figuring out who we want to be because becoming a better person will actually do that. One thing I love about the real estate space in general is you find so many people, especially those who have come from other careers into real estate and gone into it full time, happen to be people who are like growth oriented type people. And I think they've become the people they want to be through the process that you're describing and have found the success in real estate because of that. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. So I want to transition now, Kirby, to what we like to call the final four because time flies by on the Weiss Advice <laughs> podcast. At least I feel that way. Do our listeners feel that way? That's what I hope. But um, <laughs> if they're still listening, then, then it does. So first question to you is, what is the worst job that you ever had? <laughs> this one for sure was uh, right out of West Point. I was stationed down in El Paso uh, for my first duty station as a platoon leader, but I was assigned to a unit that basically the rest of the battalion, which is the larger unit had deployed. And I was assigned to a company that uh, had been held back. Uh, and it basically they had taken all the soldiers who were non-deployable for either you know, physical reasons, or they were in, you know, uh, legal trouble or whatever, all the, the people with problems that did not allow them to deploy and put them all in one unit. And I showed up to that unit. And on top of that, the leader of that unit was, uh, was a challenge as well. Uh, there was, there was not a whole lot of clear guidance and it wasn't a very inspirational place to be. So I would show up and get, you know, I'm brand new in the army trying to figure this out. And 
there was basically no guidance from uh, my leader as to whether I was doing great or, or terrible. It was just kind of like every day was a guess. So, so that environment was, was real tough. I realized that that's not how the entire army is all the time. There's, there's those units. So it did get better from there, but that was a, that was a tough one. Yeah. It sounds like a challenging when you don't have, you know, guidance from a, from a superior, from a manager, any case whatsoever, that's always very challenging because you don't know how you're doing. You don't know if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not, and feedback is always uh, extremely important. So I can definitely hear why that was uh, one of the worst jobs. What's a book you've read that has given you a paradigm shift? Yeah. So there's one that was written over the last year and uh, Greg McCune is who wrote it. Uh, It's called Effortless. And it's one that I recommend to everyone that's in my program, my first vacation rental investment program, that it's kind of like mandatory reading right up front, but it's, it kind of sets the right mindset for my program, but really the, the paradigm shift for me was he talks about, uh, this, this idea of linear results versus residual results. So linear results are what most people get from their effort. So you go to work, you get paid, uh, and then it's over. Like you, you, go to work the next day and you get paid for that day. You know, it's not like there's continuing results. Residual results are where you put in work on a project or on something that continues to pay you in the over the, the long term. So you hear this a lot with authors, like they get residual checks later on for, you know, they write a book and, and they continue to get residual checks or royalties. But there's a lot of places in life where you get residual results as a result of, effort, you know, whether it's a relationship or, you know, I think through this with my business, like how can I do things that have much more residual results than linear results? And so that's why I ended up with vacation rentals. I think they're one of the best residual results that you can, you can get. And once you start opening your eyes to, to the difference between these two, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it changes the type of work that you do. Wow. Okay. So we'll, Definitely put that book in the show notes. It sounds sounds fascinating, and it's uh you know kind of hot off the press, so something worth looking into. Awesome. So that definitely sounds like uh, one that we should put on the book list. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Absolutely. Third question is: What's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I kind of mentioned it earlier, but just being a a good father. Uh, that's we've got a four year old and a two and a half year old now. Time flies, and uh, we've got one on the way. Uh, our, our third daughter is going to be be born in July. So, yeah. So it, we're kind of in the thick of things, and that is a tough uh, for for people who haven't been parents yet. I kind of thought, well, I'll figure it out as I go. And it's like anything else. I think there is there, there's a component of that. You can't you know read about it and just be an expert. But at the same time, it is a skill I think as well uh, that you need to work on. Uh, and, and it's really important, obviously you're shaping the, the rest of the lives of, of, uh, of young people. So, so yeah, so that's, that's really a, a skill that I'm focused on now in, in addition to business, business comes easier, I think, than, than parenting. So sure. that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a big one for me. For sure. Yeah. Business definitely comes easier than parenting, but it's a, uh, it's a challenge. I have six kids myself. So trust me. Uh, first of all, enjoy them while they're little. That's, that's what I have to say. (laughs) Cause, uh, cause teenagers, uh, have come with their own challenges. Uh, they can't fight back as much when they're four and two. Well, yeah, well (laughs) that that too, but no, it just, you, they're, 
just remember how precious and how sweet and how you love them so much when they're so little and so cute and so uh, wonderful. And then when they become teenagers, they may do things that are not befitting, but you have to love them as much anyway. So that's what I'm saying. Anyways, not to get into a parenting class here, but um, fourth and final question, Kirby, what does success mean to you? Yeah, this one's pretty easy. It wasn't initially when I, you know, I've thought a lot about this over the years, but to me, it's autonomy. I have a lot of friends who are, are high achievers, guys that I went to West Point with that, you know, are doing some, some pretty big things now. And a lot of them are kind of miserable, but they're making incredible money. They're in prestigious positions, people who are excited to talk about what they do at, at cocktail parties. But when it boils down to it, their day-to-day life sucks, Wow, you know, because they don't have autonomy. They, they can't, you know, if they sleep in the next day, they're screwed. You know, they, they, they have commitments that are, you know, they, they, they don't have options. And so to me, autonomy is the goal. Like you get to a point and and it starts a lot of times with financial, like figuring out how to get your, your passive investments to pay for your expensive expenses. And that opens up then now you can decide, okay, what, how do I want to spend my time? What's most valuable to me? How do I make a bigger impact? But, right. But yeah, so that's, that's really success and autonomy are really kind of linked to me. hundred percent. You got to teach these guys, you know, you're, old West Point friends, like how to live, how to live life to its fullest, you know, get into rentals, uh, invest in real estate, how to live your best life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. Well, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you, Kirby? What's the best way? I think the best way to to start is is if you go to livingoffrentals.com forward slash start, there's a, a link there to a free masterclass that I've done that kind of walks through my process of how I find, buy, and set up really high cash flowing vacation rentals. So, um, so if that's what you're interested in, that is the best place to go. And then there's also a link to my calendar there too, that if you want to schedule a strategy session with me to talk through your goals and see if maybe my program is a good fit for you, that, you know, I'm open to that as well. But I think the best place is, is to kind of get that, that initial information from, from that masterclass. For sure. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out today and sharing with us a little deeper about behind why you do what you do and, uh, and what drives you. So thank you again and appreciate you coming on. Thanks. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you again for joining all the way to the end. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review, I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.